Hello and welcome. You're listening to KTAR's Arizona's News Roundup, the weekly podcast that gets you caught up on the biggest stories in the state on your time from a Valley point of view. My name is Kate Orta, and while I'm normally producer and editor for this podcast, I'll be filling in for Taylor Kinnerup as host today. Taylor and I are two Valley natives breaking down Arizona's top stories this week. We also take a look at what's to come to make sure you know what to keep an eye out on until our next episode. For this week, the week of Monday, August 7th, we're breaking down President Biden's second trip to Arizona since taking office and taking a look at new homes for Arizona sports teams. But first, there's a new push to get abortion on the 2024 ballot. This week, several Arizona abortion advocacy groups have teamed up to announce an initiative that will codify abortion rights into Arizona law. The ACLU of Arizona, Planned Parenthood Advocates of Arizona, and Healthcare Rising Arizona, among others, have created a new political action committee, Arizona for Abortion Access. Jody Liggett with abortion rights advocacy group NARAL Arizona explains the purpose of this group. We have a very tenuous situation in Arizona. People may have read in the paper, you know, there's these court cases. We have a 15-week ban that's still being litigated. We're one decision away from doctors being sent to prison under the territorial abortion ban that people may remember hearing about. So with all that as background, you know, these groups came together. These are longtime um, Arizona organizations that do have national counterparts, but they're local here. They're headed by local folks. And we came together to basically remedy what happened with the Dobbs decision in the fall of Roe to reestablish abortion rights for Arizona for all time. And this group is working to get the Arizona Abortion Access Act passed. According to the overview for the act provided on the initiative application, it would prevent the state from being able to deny, restrict, or interfere with abortion. Liggett says basically the proposal would establish a person's right to an abortion similar to how the law was under Roe v. Wade. It is much like putting the provisions of Roe back into effect for Arizona. So it's not an unrestricted right. Now, there are a few ways for laws to be made in Arizona, and one of those is with a ballot initiative, where the citizens are empowered to make laws. In the case of this act, Arizona for Abortion Access had to decide if their initiative would be a statute or if it would amend the Constitution. And a statute is something that can be undone by the legislature. So we quickly, you know, shifted to doing a constitutional amendment so that reproductive health care and rights could be enshrined in the Constitution. And to make this change, the act needs to be approved by the Arizona legislature to even be on the ballot, then get the signatures needed, then go to the ballot and be voted on. And for signatures alone, the group needs more than 380,000 signatures by July 3rd of next year to get on the ballot. We're at the very beginning. We have many, many signatures to collect across the state. So it's a steep hill, but this is very, very important. For those against the act, like anti-abortion activist Kathy Herod, she thinks Arizona won't vote for it, saying in a statement she's confident Arizonans will reject the, quote, radical measure. But Liggett says the group has spoken to physicians, other health care groups, and voters, and they want this change. We found the biggest support was for an expansive right that it's presented with compassion so that really it is returning these decisions to a patient and a doctor and keeping the decision in, in that relationship rather than politicians and government. And part of the reason for wanting this definitive choice one way or another comes from the fact that Arizona's abortion law currently remains unclear. 
This topic is sure to be a major part of next year's election, and you can count on KTAR to have the latest. President Biden made the second presidential visit to Arizona this week as part of his three southwestern state tour. The president focused on two main things during the visit, a new national monument in northern Arizona and the climate. Let's start with the monument. While the Grand Canyon has been a national park for decades, President Biden and his administration have now declared about a million acres surrounding the canyon as a national monument. He did so under the authority of the 1906 Antiquities Act, and insisted that the intent was to preserve the culture and the land surrounding the canyon. Something this declaration also does is prevent uranium mining on this land. Since this announcement, Arizonans across the state have weighed in. In Mojave County, where part of this monument is expected to be, the state legislature took public comment. Mojave County District 3 Supervisor Buster Johnson had a proxy speak for him at the meeting and said uranium mining brings economic benefits to the county. Well, I am very concerned that this monument was proposed without any coordination with Mojave County officials whose area will be drastically changed. On the other side, Kingman resident Josh Earhart says he's spoken with the tribes who originally own the land and want it protected. This whole thing is just basically about letting the tribes have something back that they deserve. Arizona lawmakers are split too. State Representative Raul Grijalva agrees this is a good thing for Arizona. He spoke on the monument's importance to tribal communities who have spent decades fighting for land protections. The presence and the importance of including, consulting the points of view and the positions that tribes have, I think this monument designation makes it stronger. He also noted that keeping uranium mining out of the Grand Canyon gives key water protection to all species in the surrounding areas. It is a significant protection to not only water quality, but the availability of water. However, Arizona House Majority Leader Leo Biasucci represents part of Mojave County and says county leaders were not told about the designation ahead of time. Where 400,000 acres are included that are being taken from our county, we have to be at the table. He says the move makes us more energy dependent because no new uranium lines can be built on the land. Plus, you have private lands that are part of this takeover. You have state trust lands, which generate money. And for us to not be part of the process is really what is rubbing us the wrong way. But Clarinda Vale, mayor of Tucson, a small town near the Grand Canyon, she doubts this monument will have a negative impact. She tells Arizona's Morning News President Biden's move to expand federally protected land in the area helps her community by bringing in tourist dollars. If all of those mining claims actually took place, the impact that that would have to our local community, I believe, is far greater than the impact that this will have. This aligns more with our tourist economy. She says this helps give her town a voice. We're happy with the language and excited that the town of Tucson to join the national conversation in finishing up that management plan with the secretaries of interior and secretaries of agriculture. But beyond what became a controversial focus on the Grand Canyon, President Biden also spent time focused on his climate change agenda. Record temperatures affecting more than 100 million Americans this summer. I need not tell you all over 110 degrees in Phoenix for 31 straight days. You know, extreme heat is America's number one weather-related killer. The president chose to come to three southwestern states specifically to acknowledge the region's abnormally hot summer months and point to it as a reason to focus on climate change initiatives. Extreme heat kills more people than floods, hurricanes, and tornadoes 
combined and is threatening the farms, forests, and the fisheries of so many families depend on to make a living. The Biden administration is focused on achieving a carbon pollution-free power sector by 2035 and a net zero emissions economy by no later than 2050, with the intention of lowering global warming by 0.2 degrees Celsius. He utilized Arizona's brutal July temperatures to push the need for this kind of drastic action, while also pointing towards wildfires like the ones burning in Lahina, Maui this week, and the drought western states are facing. And while it was President Biden's second trip as president, it likely won't be his last with 2024 right around the corner. Arizona sports teams, both college and pro, are on the move. In the last week, Arizona's two largest public universities have announced that they are leaving the Pac-12 conference to join the Big 12. For all of you non-sportos out there who are looking for a college football realignment for dummies style Sparknotes version of what happened, here's what you need to know. College football is broken up into conferences. These conferences commonly determine which schools play each other but it also determines which schools are associated to garner the most lucrative TV deals and bowl games. Arizona State University and the University of Arizona, which have been adamant arch rivals since both schools were founded, both became members of the Pac-12 in 1987. At that time, it was the Pac-10 and was before that the Pac-8, but that's another story. For the last 40-plus years, the schools have been among the greatest rivalries in the Pac-12 drawing big money for the conference and the schools, even during their worst seasons. And remember, while for fans and athletes, this is about the game, for others, it's about the money. To make this as oversimplified as I can, the reason we're seeing these conference shifts boils down to cash. About 15 months ago, USC and UCLA announced they were leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten, another conference, and one that was likely to bring them more money. Now, over the last year, The rest of the Pac-12 began hinting at leaving or at least looking for next steps. And late last week, U of A and ASU were officially accepted into the Big 12 Conference. University of Arizona President Robert Robbins says he had every intention to sign the Pac-12 media rights deal last Friday, but Washington and Oregon's earlier decision to leave changed that. He also called the terms of the Pac-12 deal, quote, problematic. I think the keys were the $23 million a year per school and no games on linear access. That money was also tied to selling Apple subscriptions, which Robbins likened to selling candy bars for Little League. Robbins says both Arizona schools wanted to stay together and believe it's the best decision all around. We just thought this was the best direction for us to move forward with. For the students here, our fans, our faculty and staff, in the state of Arizona. ASU also doubled down on the importance of staying linked with their rivals. ASU President Michael Crow says, we are joining a premier athletic conference and bringing with us programs on the rise, our rich traditions and history, and the Metro Phoenix media market. We are in a good spot, and we are pleased to be with you, Arizona, and Utah in the move. Now, for student-athletes, the realignment to the Big 12 will make for a much more rigorous travel schedule. Students will now fly from Arizona to West Virginia and just about everywhere in between. However, Arizona universities aren't the only teams recently putting in bids for a new home. The Arizona Coyotes owner, Alex Morello, submitted a letter of intent to buy a parcel of land in Mesa for a potential arena and entertainment district. 
The team is also still looking in Scottsdale and other parts of the East Valley for a possible arena after a vote in May for a publicly funded arena in Tempe failed, something you can hear about in our May 25th episode of this podcast. The difference now is that the Coyotes are looking to privately fund this arena deal. That means if it happens, it would be the first entirely privately funded professional sports arena in the state. And while this deal is a long ways off, Arizona sports' John Gambadoro says the team is focused on determining its new location by the beginning of 2024 at the latest. This is an ongoing story, so sports fans, stay tuned to Arizona's News Roundup for the latest. So that's it. You're all caught up for this week, August 7th. But what's ahead? Here are a few things to keep an eye out on until we meet again. Next week is KTAR's annual giveathon to support Phoenix Children's. It's the largest radio giveathon supporting a children's hospital in the country. And next week, we'll have a special edition of the Roundup to tell you all about it. And while Arizona's record-breaking heat seems to be cooling down a little, it is by no means cold out. Maricopa County wants your insight on cooling center features and use. To participate, head to maricopacounty.gov. And heads up Queen Creek residents, you'll be getting a second Sprouts location. It opens August 18th near Gansell and Combs Road. Remember, you can read more on all the week's top stories and get breaking news in real time on KTAR.com. You can also listen live on 92.3 FM or to take KTAR everywhere you go, just download the KTAR app for articles, podcasts, and of course, breaking news. A big thanks for listening from your very own Valley Girls, Taylor and Kate. This is KTAR's Arizona's News Roundup. Until next week.